Hey guys, and welcome back to the channel. ATP Paris Masters 1000 tournament. We're going to get into it, draw preview and predictions, of course. And I'm going to do what I've been doing in the last few draw preview and prediction videos give you guys a little taste, a little something to whet the appetite in terms of each player's form in the last 10 matches on hardcore and then also the head-to-heads for round one. We're going to talk, of course, as well about not just their form the last 10 matches because that can be a bit misleading if players haven't played particularly high-level tournaments, but it gives a pretty good indication of just how they're feeling confidence-wise going into this. So we can talk about that and other things as well. Before we get into it, remember to that like button and do subscribe if you are new this is the last Masters 1000 tournament before we hit the ATP Tour final. So this is going to be a really good indicator, especially as it's indoors, which Trim will be indoors as well, to see where these guys are at in terms of their indoor ability on a hard court and how they're looking going into that, especially if they are pushing for the ATP Tour finals. This is a really important tournament to push their ranking point points up and then try and make a final push towards making that top eight. Someone who's already made the top eight is Carlos Alcaraz, the number world number one currently. That could change. He has a 7-3 record going into this, and most recently lost to Felix auger Eliassime in the semi-finals of Vienna, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Vienna? Uh, one of the tournaments anyway. Uh, in Basel, sorry, even in, indoors, if I'm not mistaken. Now, he lost in straight sets, and he clearly doesn't like playing the Canadian because he has lost now three times to him without actually winning against him uh, any point. So a 3-0 head-to-head lopsided record um, against the Canadian. Doesn't make good reading. He's still very young though, but Felix, a couple of years his senior, will be happy with that result. And that's something for him to look into. And I think Felix, with his pinpoint serving and, and Alcaraz, maybe not returning as well as he would have liked and served as well as he would have liked and also being as good from the back of the court against Felix uh, as he would have potentially imagined. It just ended up not being a particularly good mixture for him and in the end coming out, uh, you know, second best in what was actually a pretty one-sided affair. So great win for Felix. He pushes towards the ATP Tour Finals. For Alcaraz, he will look to redeem himself in Paris, and he's got a buy in the first round. So that's really, really positive um, for him because well, I say it's positive. I don't know whether he would like a match. Maybe just a buy is good in the sense that he has a bit more time off to just work on things he'd like to potentially. Maybe. Karatsev versus Nishioka. Now, Nishioka's been in much better form than Karatsev recently. Karatsev's got a 3-7 and seven record, and 7-3 and three is the record for Nishioka. Nishioka has also um, gone deep in some tournaments. He really has as of late. So the back end of the year has been very productive. I'm going to go for the Japanese player based on that, and I feel like his indoor game is coming along quite nicely better than Karatsev's. Vanazan Schultz versus Dimitrov is one of the pickums for the first round, I have to say. In terms of their record, six and four for Vanazan Schultz. Dimitrov is four and six, so the flip of that. One was the head to head. Now, I'm pretty high on Dimitrov, as I think a lot of people are, but Vanazan Schultz is very solid for, for the most part. He can throw in the occasional double fault, but apart from that, he's pretty solid. And, you know, he's one of those players that I look at and think he's about a 
six out of ten and everything. Uh, he doesn't have that one weapon that makes you sit up, you know, out of your seat and say, "Wow, that is a real weapon that can hurt people." But he's solid all round. Dimitrov does have some of those weapons. His forehand can be very potent uh, for sure. Uh, the backhand he has begun to shore up, especially the one-hander, doesn't slice as much. Although indoors, we will see that in full effect. Serve and return like can be improved as well. Uh, those are areas that you know he's now coming towards the twilight years of his career, and that's probably not going to improve exponentially. So he's almost what he is at the moment is probably as good as it's going to get. The only thing that he looks to have potentially improved and may continue to improve is that drive backhand. Uh, but for me, Van Azan Scholp is just too solid. Uh, and despite the head-to-head being one, I'm going to go for the Dutch player. I just think he's just more consistent recently. Dimitrov, I wouldn't surprise me if he comes out on top, but I don't want to hold my breath for him, unfortunately. Uh, Berrettini's got a qualifier now. Of course, the qualifying matches are going on today and tomorrow. First rounds happen today, tomorrow, Sunday, that is. Uh, they'll complete them. I, I wanted to do it before because, in all honesty, it then becomes very tight just before the matches start on the Monday. Now, that what I will say is that some of the qualifiers can be dangerous, but we're going to assume that the seeds are going to go through against qualifiers in these instances. So Berrettini has a 7-3 and three record going into this, so I'm going to pick the 13th seed. He, if I'm not mistaken, cannot qualify for the ATP Tour Finals. Um, he's had a very interesting year, and I think it was derailed by testing positive at Wimbledon, so we've got to take that into consideration. It'll be interesting to see how he looks coming into, or going into even, next year. Um, I'd like to see him really push on and, and try and potentially win a slam. Uh, I know that will be in his goals uh, come 2023. Hakach and Manorino now two very, very solid players, and they, they could be some very long rallies, although Hakach will try and shorten them at the net, I'm sure. Hakach with a six and four record, and uh, Manorino four and six going into this tournament. One always the head to head. Now, Manorino is a very tricky customer in the sense that he's very, very flat, not a lot of pace. Uh, he's just a grinder from the back of the court, and he knows how to maneuver his opponent around. He's looking to induce mistakes. And her catch is someone who likes the indoor courts. Why? Because, well, there's two components. The first one is he's got a massive serve, and in my opinion, a top five serve, and he's able to win three points off it. And two, he's also able to then come forward and be comfortable uh, coming forward. The overheads, obviously, you know, there's no windy conditions or any chance of winning conditions uh, there's still conditions where he can afford to come forward behind a good approach shot and know that okay the ball that comes back is going to come back in a very very you know convenient way it's not going to be swirling in the wind um, or the sun's going to be in his eyes as he tries to hit the overhead so you know he is a good indoor player from what I've seen her catch and I would imagine he should come out on top here but He's one of those players that has shown a real level of inconsistency. Um, and that's not that's been a little bit disappointing because I feel like he's got such a high level to show. It just doesn't reach it too often. And it'd be good to see him reach that level and be able to tap into that more often than not. But we'll see 
Uh, he's still got some years ahead of him. Holger Rune, who's had a fantastic year. He's playing in the final uh, tomorrow against Felix Auger-Eliassime uh, in Basel. And he also, if I'm not mistaken, went very deep uh, the week before as well. So he's playing some fantastic tennis. In fact, not only did he go deep, he won his first title against Stefano Tsitsipas, of course, the week before. So he's just won a title. He's now looking to go back-to-back, -back, which would be incredible. Um, he's playing in Stan Wawrinka, who's had a pretty good a uh, couple of weeks himself. I mean, beat Dominic team in a really, really good match. And I would think Holgerun is going to have too much, but in saying that you have to factor in the fatigue as well that he might be feeling. Now, he's got a 9-1 and one record, of course, going into this, given that he won last week. We'll see whether he's able to win tomorrow. But I've ranked a 6-4. Fatigue could be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be a factor straight away. In saying that... There's always a danger of these players pulling out of events. Now, I don't think he will because it's a Masters 1000 tournament. So I'm going to go with Holger Rune to win. Isner's got a qualifier, so that's a pretty convenient draw for him. Uh, he's 6-4 going into this. I'll go for Isner, but he can very easily get tripped up against a qualifier. Rublev has a bye. He is 8-2 going into this, so a very good record for him. Same with Medvedev, who's 8-2. Uh, he will play a final tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, against Shapovalov in Vienna. Now, that's going to be a really good match. He goes into that the favourite, though. Will he go into Paris, you know, in really, really good form? Potentially, he obviously went very deep last year in Paris. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But all I'm going to say is he is really, really solid. And he absolutely loves the indoor conditions. When he played against... Uh, Djokovic, didn't he, recently indoors and obviously didn't manage to complete the match, but he was close to winning it. Djokovic beat him in the final last year in Paris, so he'll be looking to get revenge if they do end up clashing. Korda and Alex Dimoneur now. This is a really interesting one. Korda's been in some very good form, also made a final recently, lost to Felix in Antwerp. Alex Dimoneur has gone deep as well. Quarterfinals, semifinals recently. I'm going to go quarter. Jack Draper, um, Riddernek. I'm going to go Draper. I'm pretty high on him. Uh, I actually didn't do the form, did I, for these couples? So let me just quickly go over that. So quarter. Quarter is eight and two, and Dimoneur six and four. The head head is actually one nil quarter. That was at Wimbledon, if I'm not mistaken. So can't read into that too much. Ridenek and Jack Draper, 7-3 for Ridenek, 5-5 five five for Draper. Although Ridenek hasn't really played the level of tournaments, if I'm not mistaken. Qualified versus TFO. TFO 6-4, so we'll go for the big foe. And Fritz versus Alejandro Davidic Fakina. Well, Fritz has an 8-2 record and 3-7 and for ADF. 2-1, though, is the head-to-head -head in favor of Alejandro Davidic Fakina. So... Could he get the best of Taylor Fritz? I think indoors, I don't think he will. So I'm going to go Taylor Fritz. And Andy Murray, Gilles Simon, now two wily veterans going at it. Now, this 10 years ago would have been a fantastic match. I have to be honest, I think it's going to be... If you're not a purist and if you're not a really hardcore fan, you probably don't want to watch this. You probably want to stay away from it because there's, I would imagine, going to be some longer rallies and some grinding points which probably are not as exciting for the casuals but for the purists you'll still be excited uh murray is six and four 
and Simon four and six. And you, this is how you can tell they're veterans. Sixteen and two in favor of Murray. Uh, I think he's going to make it seventeen and two. Bublik and uh, well, Bublik has a qualifier. He's six and four. I'll go for Bublik there. And Felix has a bye. And as I said, he's will be playing for uh, another title this week against um, Holgerun tomorrow. So he's actually he's got ten wins going into this. So he's going into this in phenomenal form. Noah Djokovic has a bye. Uh, he is nine and one, and we'll go down in a second. But himself and Nadal are both on the same side of the draw. Crazy. Schwartzman and Cressy. Schwartzman and Cressy. Three and seven for Schwartzman, seven and three for Cressy. One nil in favor of Schwartzman. Now, if Maxine Cressy wants to face anyone in the first round, he probably would try to avoid Schwartzman because Schwartzman is one of the best returners on tour. You know, if we're kind of putting to one side Djokovic Nadal he's probably the third best on tour I think his his numbers back that up and Cressy's game is all built upon how well he's going to be able to serve and also then coming behind it I think Schwartzman I just don't think Cressy has the dynamism to to stop him honestly uh, especially on a fast indoor court I think Schwartzman will be fine uh, we'll see. Baez Hachinov is an interesting one. Baez is one and nine. He's struggled in the back end this year. Hachinov is three and seven. He's also not had, uh, sorry, he is six and four even, excuse me. Um, you got to go Hachinov, don't you? Indoor conditions, he'll love it. He'll serve, try and serve big, try and impose himself. We've got to go him. Sin has got to qualify. He's six and four. So we'll go for the young Italian. And this is a fantastic first round matchup. Chilich and Musetti. Chilich. Six and four going into this. Seven and three. Musetti. One nil in favor of Chilich. I'm going to go with Lorenzo Musetti though. Now, the reason why is because I've been really impressed with how he has improved his game and is continually trying to. We're seeing Holgerun really reap the benefits of the hard work put in. I think Mossetti is very good friends with Holgerun. And not just, forget about just being friends, but they seem to share a very similar work ethic. And if he's working as hard as Holgerun is, and he's almost talented, if not more, in some people's eyes, it is going to come to fruition. And I think it slowly is. So I'm going to go for him. Basilishvili versus the qualifier. I'm going to go for Basilishvili. Uh, he is one and nine, though. So. Well, I don't even know the qualifier is, but it might even be worth going for him, but I won't. Molkan and Gasquet. Four and six Molkan, five and five Gasquet. I'm going to go Gasquet as the wild card with the French crowd behind him. Kasparud has a bye, the number three seed, and of course, US Open and French Open finalist. He's six and four going into this. Sissipas has a bye, and he'll be disappointed to lose to Charich this week and not go deeper than he would have hoped. Um, in where was he playing? He was playing in Basel, wasn't he? No, in Vienna, sorry, even who's he playing? Well, we don't know yet because he's got a bye, so he'll play the winner of I think Evans and Nakashima. He's seven and three going into this, so he's been in some good form. He likes the indoor courts, you know, it just means that he's able to serve uh, with a lot more comfort and reassurance. I just feel like for people who have any issues with double fault or are big servers generally. The indoor courts just 
they give you that sense of comfort that you know what i if i'm not serving well then it's it's to do with me it's nothing to do with anything external and they have that reassurance that okay i can serve big i can really make my opponent's life hell evans and nakashima five and five for evans seven and three for nakashima one nil in favor of nakashima now I think indoors, I actually favor Nakashima. I, I really like his game. I like Evans as well, though. Evans is such a tricky customer, and I genuinely think, similar to Taylor Fritz, he gets the most out of his game. He really does. But I'm going to go for Nakashima, uh, just because I, I just think he's going to be slightly fresher, honestly. Um, there's not really much in it. I wouldn't be surprised if Evans wins, but I just think Nakashima, I like his game. Uh, and I just think he'll be able to really outmaneuver, really, the Brit. Right. Last few for the first round. Chorich against Qualifier. He's 7-3. and three. Good win for Sits against Sitspastor even this week as well. Ketmanovic, Nori. Uh, Nori... Is four and six. Can't manage six and four. Nori has a one nil head to head, but I'm going to go for Cam Nori. I think he'll be too solid. Hopefully, he can discover a bit of form. And PCB versus Albert Ramos Vinolas is an, in an all Spanish affair. Five and five for PCB and four and six for Ramos Vinolas. The head to head's three nil to PCB. I'm going to go four nil. I think you'll love the indoor courts. Shapovalov, Sarundalo. Eight and two for Shapo. He's playing a final, of course, tomorrow. And Sarundalo is three and seven. You've got to go for Chapeau. Uh, we'll talk about fatigue as the rounds go on, but first round, he should be fine. RBN, Tommy Paul. RBA made a semi-final this week. Tommy Paul has uh, been very unfortunate, had a, an epic against team recently and lost it after having too much points. <sighs> a tough one. Six and four for RBA and five and five for Tommy Paul. Three nil, though, the head-to-head in favor of RBA. I'm going to go RBA. Nadal has a bye. He's seven and three. So there's a potential semi-final, if I'm not mistaken, between Nadal and Djokovic. Well, we'll see as we go into it. Right, let's go into the second round then. So Alcaraz Nishioka. Alcaraz should come out of that on top against a lefty. Should be okay. His backhand shouldn't get exposed. Nishioka doesn't hit big enough, I think, on the forehand side to really give him any issues. Uh, Vanazan Shop and Berrettini. It's a tough one. Berrettini indoors, Vanazan Shop. I've, I've actually seen them play at Queens this year, but it's a different surface. What was that on, on the grass at Queens? I'm going to go Berrettini. I just think Vanazan Shop probably is not going to be able to win a lot of return games, if any. A catch Holgaroon is a fantastic second round. Wow. The question is, do I place a lot of importance on Holgaroon potentially being quite fatigued after playing back-to-back weeks, uh, you know, making winning a tournament and at least making a final, potentially even winning two, two titles? Uh, either way, he's going to have played a lot of matches, right, going into this the last two weeks, as many as he could. I think because of that maneuver for her catch, I think he might be a little bit leggy. If he's not, it's quite hard to back against him, but I'm really factoring that in. Uh, Rublev is now, now this is an interesting one because Rublev 
the question is going to be how does he return is the serve and I'm, I'm not super sold on Rublev's return, honestly. I'm really not. What's the head-to-head, though? 3-0 Isna. Outdoor hard, outdoor clay, outdoor hard. Quite a few tiebreakers in there. He's only taken a set off him, and that was on the clay, Rublev. If Isna's serving as well as we know he can... I genuinely think it's in Isner's hands because Rublev, unless he's somehow just learned how to return Isner's serve better since, which I don't think is going to be the case, he's going to struggle a lot. We're going to go Isner. I think he's going to get frustrated, Rublev. Medvedev quarter is a fantastic match. Some crackers. This is what I love about Masters 1000 tournaments for the men's and women's. I mean, you just get so many great matches from the first round onwards. It's just incredible. Medvedev quarter. Got to go Medvedev indoors. I mean, we saw what he did against team this week. I mean, team was playing some fantastic tennis, still coming second best. Yeah, I've got to go Medvedev. Draper, TFO. Wow. What a match that is. Um, oh, TFO. Our oh, question is what TFO turns up? Jack's a, a lefty. Does that have any significance? TFO's backhand's quite solid. Draper's backhand has been shored up as well. Sir, return dynamic. Draper serves big. TFO does now as well, but you'd expect Draper to win more free points. TFO's a better returner naturally versus a tough one. It's got three sets written all over it. I'm going to go Jack Draper. Pop with not a lot of confidence. Right, Taylor Fritz and Andy Murray. I would love to go for Andy because... You know, I think everyone knows I'm from the UK. I, I do like Andy. I, he's not my favourite player or anything, but you know, he is what he's up there in my top ten. But Fritz is just surely gonna be too strong on an indoor court. He's gonna serve massive 114 clicks. I mean, it's gonna be difficult. Even for someone like Murray to return, although he's got a great record against Isner, but the difference is Fritz from the back of the court can can literally back it up with the one-plus and two-plus plays behind the serve. His returning's improved a lot as well. I feel like it's pretty good. From the back of the court, his backhand's are solid. It's a tough, tough matchup, I think, for me. FA versus... Sorry, excuse me. FAA versus Bublik. FAA, I mean, again, I know he's playing a lot of matches um, as well. He Like Holger Rune, he's going to play as many as he can. But I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, I'm going to go with FA. Okay. Djokovic Schwartzman. Djokovic Schwartzman. I'm going to go Djokovic. Too strong. Sinner Hatchinov. Sinner should have too much, I think. Massetti, Basilishvili, Massetti. Gasquet, Rude. I'm going to go Rude. Sitsipas, Nakashima, Sitsipas. Nori, Charge. I'm going to go Charge. He's been in good form. I think he's going to cause some problems for Nori. Nori hasn't been in the best of form. Uh, PCB and Shapovalov. 
Oh. PCB Shapovalov. Gonna go Shapo. Oh, yeah, go on. I'll go Shapo. Actually, no, indoors I can't. I've got to go PCB. I've got to go PCB. Nadal to beat RBA. Where we go? Let's let's pick, pick up the pace. Alcaraz, Berrettini, Alcaraz, and uh, in this current moment, Hakach Isna. Although in saying that, he's got to return well because he's returning indoors. We'll see how he fares, but he's got to be on point because Berrettini will serve well indoors. Uh, serves well generally anyway, top five like Hakach, as is Isna. Talking of top five, two of my top five servers on tour, Hakach and Isna clashing. Going to go Hakach. Um, more dynamic game. Medvedev, Draper. Medvedev, as much as I'd like Draper to do, I think it's going to be tough. Felix and Taylor Fritz. Does is this? I, I can't see Felix going back to back to back because he potentially might win tomorrow. But even if he was to go, you know, win final and then a final win i think that's just too much surely so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fritz Djokovic sinner it's a tough one because sinner i think will fancy his chances but Djokovic is surely too strong indoors defending champion i think he's gonna be he's gonna love it he's gonna love it he played so well in the Labour Cup when I watched him as well, and he is one of the best indoor players ever, if not the best indoor t- indoor player ever. Massetti Rude. It's a tough one. I just don't think Rude's been playing that well recently. I don't. Does Massetti have enough to really trouble him? Maybe not, though. I'm going to go Rude. Sispas Chorich, so I've gone for a. A repeat, a rematch of this week. Okay. Could Chorich repeat the feat or will Sitsipas get revenge? That's the question, isn't it? I'm going to go Sitsipas to get revenge. I'm going to Nadal to beat PCB. That's a tough one, though, for Nadal, by the way, I have to say. So that's a little Spanish contingent at the bottom of uh, the drawer, isn't it? Interestingly. On the bottom half of the draw, even. Okay, Alcaraz, her catch. I'm tempted to go her catch, you know, that I really am. I just think indoors, Alcaraz as well. I feel like he's bit a little bit since becoming world number one, and that's understandable. There's the pressure. Uh, he's so young as well. I mean, let's be honest, he's going to be fine. He will be fine. Um, the last time they played was in April. Alcaraz won two tiebreakers. They haven't played since. <sighs> I'll go Alcaraz for now. Medvedev to beat Fritz. Djokovic to beat Rude. Nadal sits fast. Now, this is a really tough match for Nadal because Sitsipas doesn't mind taking the ball shoulder height on the backhand. In saying that, it's going to be a fast indoor court, but that suits Sitsipas' game because his forehand... Is so destructive on these courts. His serve will be as well. For Nadal, he's going to have to play really, really well. Honestly, uh, he's been injured as well. Do I go for Nadal to, to just prove his 
greatness and also just I don't know, just find a way to win is really the question. Or do I go with Sitsipas who's been playing more tennis and arguably this surface is is better for him and better for his game. It's tough to back against the goats, so I'm gonna go Nadal, but yeah, I'm not sure. Medvedev Alcaraz. Now, I think Medvedev is, uh, for me, at the moment, in the current, current, current tennis climate, Medvedev indoors the last few weeks, generally form-wise, compared to Alcaraz, there's not too much of a comparison. I just think that Medvedev is just playing really, really well. And I'm not quite sure Alcaraz is going to be able to deal with that at the moment. Um I'm going to go Medvedev. Djokovic Nadal. Djokovic Nadal. I would love to go Nadal. I would. I would. Everyone knows I'm a Nadal fan, but just indoors, can we really say that if this was to happen? Which, by the way, that's, this is assuming that Djokovic Nadal are going to win up until the semifinals. And I think if anyone's more likely to lose at this by this point, it's probably Nadal, given the surface, given he's been out for a bit. I just I think it's, you can't pick against Djokovic, can you? So that would actually mean that I've picked <laughs> probably probably not the best of uh, predictions to be honest with you, because I've picked exactly the same final as last year. Djokovic versus Medvedev. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to pick someone who a lot of people wouldn't pick in this match. It's going to be Medvedev, and I'll tell you why. The match they played this year. Uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, or even a, a month or so ago, really made me think that Medvedev is a problem for Djokovic. And that was at Astana. It was a slower court, to be fair. But I just have a feeling indoors, Medvedev is a nightmare. He's just an absolute nightmare. Serve-wise, I mean, he's just he's like a machine indoors. Returns incredibly well, gets everything back. He's actually coming to the net a bit more as well. Like, that's crazy. He's tried to add that to his game. He's improving. He is evolving. I've got to go with Daniel Medvedev. A lot of people will go for Djokovic, and rightfully so, because he is, as I said, he's got the winning head-to-head at the moment. He's also, as I said, arguably the best indoor player ever. On top of that, what else? He's a goat. He's a goat, right? So, and he's a defending champion. But anyway, I'm going to go for Novak Djokovic. That's my pick. Let me know your pick as well. Who are you picking to win this? Uh, who are you rooting for? Uh, and what do you think of my picks? But thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Remember to hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Do subscribe if you're new. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, do leave a rating or review. Also, do check out the Monday Bagel newsletter from The Slice Tennis, our friends at The Slice have created a, a weekly newsletter that's sent every Monday via email that you can subscribe to for free. Uh, the link is in the description of this video. And what it means is that you get a flash of each week's news. It's really, really interesting. And if you like reading your, your tennis content on top of also listening to someone like me or watching videos that I do, for example, uh, and you want a quick roundup of the week's uh, tennis you know, news, and uh, ranking updates etc then that is for you so do check it out Uh, thank you very much guys stay safe and well 
and we'll see you on the next video.